welcome to Smooches and Stabs with Pepper Basham and Jamie Jo Wright. Studying history, how history should have happened, and creating all kinds of fictional conspiracy theories. Hey everyone and welcome to Smooches and Stabs. We've got a doozy a doozy of a story today. It is going to challenge every part of Pepper's romantic and whimsical genius. I cannot find romantic or whimsical genius within this story. Okay. So you guys just wait next time. I'm going to have to like pull out all the stops. I think next time, I mean, granted you did suggest this. However, once you suggest, once it came out of your mouth as an option to discuss, there was no going back. I know. I said, so I sent Jamie all of these ideas. Like I'll pop these ideas on Facebook Messenger and say, okay, well, this hasn't been solved. Okay, well, this hasn't been solved. She latched on to this story idea like breath. This is my Alice in Wonderland story. This is my fall Gross. down a rabbit hole. In fact, now Gross. I'm convinced I'm going to go to the library and get just about every book written Ew, no. on this topic. And I'm not the only one because this topic has been discussed since... 1947 and it has been really drugged through the muck all kinds of fiction books written on it all kinds kinds of yeah but i'm sure that no one ever in history has looked at this case the way that pepper basham and jamie joe wright have oh yeah well but i i think i do owe you a romantic story that i have to somehow (laughs) make sorted because you're gonna have to work (laughs) really really hard to make this one even whimsical yeah, I know. And your and your job is easier in making things dark and, you know. Well, you just twisted. kill off the love interest. It's pretty simple. I know. Or plant <laughs> creepy, or or plant creepy, you know, uh, spooky people creeping around. Right, I right. Know. I don't know. Well, all you have to do is make a kiss. Guns. That should be pretty easy for romance, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. It seems like Elizabeth Short. It seems like she did a whole lot of kissing, I do believe, from her, well, what Well, we I think she her, did. So. so if people aren't aware of who Elizabeth Short is, which we are now introducing the character by name, she is better known by a beautiful nickname that completely thrills every ounce of my being. She's if you can't as- see right now, I'm hanging my head if you're not watching. The if you're YouTube not video. watching the YouTube video and you're listening to this on a podcast player, uh-huh. Pepper is hanging her head, not in shame, but in dismay that I'm so deliciously <laughs> intrigued by the Black Dahlia. Oh, oh okay. Give us a little bit of background, Jamie. Okay. So first of all, Adalia for example, is not exactly the flower that I would have picked because a dahlia is like, it's kind of a bushy and it's, it's not delicate. And this woman was actually quite delicate, but anyway, for some reason they called her the black dahlia. Um, she was better known, um, by the people in her time. And while she was alive as Elizabeth short, she was not called the black dahlia until they found her, We'll get body there. or her body. I think I think blue the blue dahlia was another murder. It was that was similar, and they took that because she wore they 
they found her dressed in black or something like that and then switched it that way Blue dahlia murder oh now i have to go down that rabbit trail oh, oh dear interesting all right i won't do that on the podcast okay so <laughs> <laughs> elizabeth short was born in 1924 and she was born in boston massachusetts i kind of wonder if she had that boston uh, mass accent oh ah. She was an actress, so she probably knew how to change her voice. But anyway, she was born to yep. Cleo and Phoebe May Short. She was the third of five daughters. And at a really young age, she was really interested in the cinema. And she um, decided pretty much by the time she was in her teens that she was going to become an actress. Yep. And so she moved out by herself to L.A., um, by the mid forties. So she had to have been what in her early twenties, not even. Yep. Yep. They said, when yeah. she was, let's see in December when she was 18, she relo- relocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she spent literally probably about three and a half years in LA before her own personal hell broke loose. Um, she was trying to catch a big break in Hollywood, which she never did. And, um, she worked as a waitress and, um, she got involved with a lot of people. I would say what I've read about her is her personality was definitely not timid, shy, demure. How would you describe her, Pepper? Just from what I've read, it seems that she, if I'm going on a romantic bent here, it seems that she could dazzle the gentleman Mm -hmm. and was um, very alluring maybe not in a way where she was trying to seek favors but right she really liked she seemed to like guy attention uh mm-hmm. she seemed to know how to, to do that part of being an actress or a woman in los angeles um if that's what she was hoping for right. she, she had a lot of guy friends that knew her let's just say that when they were doing the investigation there were a whole bunch of guys on that list that they yeah. had to go through so yeah so there How, was uh quite a number but, but she sort of had a, a interesting um fact in that while she attracted male attention and potentially even tried to garner it to a degree um if you find a picture of her online she's absolutely gorgeous she's got a mm-hmm. little bit of liz taylor going and um the problem is, is that the best, the picture that pops up when you type in her name is her mugshot, which automatically makes you go, well, hmm. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But I'm actually looking at one, which is, I think it must be her headshot for her acting. Mm. And it's definitely giving off Liz Taylor vibes. Um, but she, okay. So this reputation with the men only went so far because she really wasn't um, a loose woman as they might have called her at the time she had her moral standards and she would flirt to a point and I think she probably did that to get attention because it was LA and if you're going to be charming you have to have a little bit of you know seductress it's 1940s yeah and if you're going to be in the movies you want to if you are being you know if you're being around people who possibly are going to be famous then you definitely want to we want to be remembered right I, I off off topic real quick uh when I was taking a class with Jim Rubart one an author Jim Rubart he was talking mm-hmm. about how as authors you want to stand out now 
because that makes if you're meeting with agents or editors right. or whoever they makes it memorable so in this kind of i would assume in the acting world that's the same kind of thing oh for sure and even more so you have to be able to you know as a writer we have to for the most part stand out on the page and maybe have a few things in personality that can be memorable but as an actress it's all in your demeanor your facial expressions your vocal mm -hmm. abilities what you look like what you look like um okay so she was known for really doing one bad thing that earned her a mugshot which it's kind of funny to me today because I'm thinking of yeah. how often this happens now and nobody gets yeah. mug shots for them. But she yeah. was arrested for underage drinking. Yep. Which was a really big <laughs> deal back then. I mean, that was probably her mother's first sign that her daughter was going south. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't too far. Actually, actually, though, quite a few years before the incident we're going to discuss. Yes. Because the mugshot was 1943 and the incident was 1947 that's right. four years so right hmm. right so um let's talk about the incident because really we can talk a lot about elizabeth short and um there's a good podcast that semi-dramatizes her story called um, Unsolved Murders. You can find the Black Dahlia story there, and you'll learn a lot about her background that brings her to the point of L.A. But for the sake of this podcast and how we would rewrite history, we need to get to the crux of the matter, which is... Um, Let me just say, I will not be one of those people looking up that podcast, just so you guys know. I will throw the links of the podcast onto our Facebook page, Smooches and Stabs, for anybody <laughs> who does <laughs> want to delve into the deep, dark <laughs> secrets of the Black Dahlia. However, so it was 10 o'clock in the morning on January 15th in 1947, and a woman named Betty Bursinger, she was a local housewife. Um, was taking a walk down Norton Avenue and she saw what she thought was a mannequin. And um, it, because the body was so white, the skin was so pale, it didn't look real. Mm -hmm. And it, yep. this is the gruesome part. It was, in, it was in pieces. So that's, I think where she probably first got her idea that it, this can't be a human. This has to be a mannequin. Um, right. The body was actually severed um split in half at the waist and um some other elements had been done to her body for the squeamish we won't go into those mm -hmm. um but she was really mutilated but the the creepy thing about this whole thing is modern day forensics right away would have known something first glance this is not the crime scene because there was no yep. blood no blood yep no blood right so they identified her by her fingerprints um and they did an autopsy and they no, interesting too interesting too that she had been washed in gasoline her body mm -hmm. had been washed in gasoline so all fingerprints from outside of her body would have not been found because no. her body had been washed with gasoline right right and of course back in 1947 there was no such thing as dna um so they wouldn't have swabbed her they wouldn't have done any of that maybe they would have had the idea of checking under her fingernails but even if they had found you know that she'd fought back it probably wouldn't have told them much unless there was 
you know, identifying clothing that ripped or something. She, um, her official cause of death was cerebral hemorrhage and shock. Um, It says that she had been bound and um, unfortunately tortured before her death. So a very violent death, which we won't focus on because you could watch, you could listen to the podcast, Jamie, uh, refer oh, earlier. I will like look up the more. actual medical exam reports. That's what I will do. And I will be disappointed because back then they also didn't publish the pictures of the corpses because I like to look and see if I can figure out something for myself. I'm in the wrong career. I probably shouldn't have been a crime writer. I should have actually gone into criminal science. Anyway, moving on. So she's dead. This woman finds her. They call the police. They send out a bulletin and they're hoping that some details about this woman named Elizabeth Short will be uncovered. Mm -hmm. Um, She was last seen. um, I'm trying to remember here. Oops, that's the wrong page. Oh, she was last seen with a married man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Red, Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old married salesman, she, Elizabeth, had been dating. So mm-hmm. we have already, boom, boom, uh, what's going on there? Right. Can that be the my romantic part? We go for it. Go for it. So let's give a few more details, <laughs> and then we'll go into what we really think happened. Okay. So okay. in short, the crux of this whole thing is nobody knows for sure who killed her. There are a lot of theories out there. Um, There were even people who stepped forward and confessed for whatever reason. I'm not sure why I would do that if I hadn't really killed her. And perhaps one of them was the authentic murderer, but that was never enough evidence. And their stories didn't match the timelines that were established. And the curious thing are the letters that came after her death. There was somebody who posted uh, they would take, they would cut out letters to make the message and they sent it into the police department and said, I'm the murderer. I'm going to turn myself in, but I want you to search for me a little bit more. Right. And then I'm, yeah. So, so there was somebody, so then they found clothes by this, the shore that, and had a letter in it that confessed to the murderer Mm -hmm. and said, you know, basically I've killed myself because I can't handle this anymore. Right. But the very next week, a new letter showed up that had the cutout letters mm-hmm. um, saying that you haven't found me yet. You haven't found me yet. Right. I'm waiting for you to find me. So what is There's lots going of taunting. On? There was a little bit of the, almost the, um, uh, oh, what's the killer's name? Ah. Zodiac? No. Thanks. Yes. The Zodiac killer who would taunt the police, oh, okay. but also the BTK killer wrote like riddles, basically. It must be a yeah. serial killer thing. Anyway, it will, um, but the thing, but stop right there. You okay. just said it must be a serial killer thing. Boom, boom. This is just one murder, Jamie. What are you talking maybe, about? Maybe, or could there be more to the story? Hmm. See, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. right now. I've been on the FBI website, which I will also link to our smooches and stabs page because you can actually go on and read actual documents from 1947. <laughs> and it is, it is a rabbit hole and I'm falling into it and I probably will not come out for a couple of years, but <laughs> you guys can see a book in your future. Just saying. There is so much information and there's also the original um, news article 
from the Daily Police Bulletin. Who knew back then that they issued Daily Police Bulletins, first of all? Wow. Wow. I want them. Can we bring that back? Okay. Wanted information on Elizabeth Short between the dates of January 9th and 15th, 1947. So they were trying to piece together what her life was during that time. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, she had last been seen with a married man and there were a bunch of men associated with her, although she was also, again, not known for loose living. And she had only been dead about 10 hours when her body was found. So she hadn't died the 9th or 10th or 11th. So it had to have been either the night of the the 14th. It had to have been the night of the 14th. So where was she and what was happening between January and January 14th? Right. And so this is the last. Okay. So in the police bulletin, I am going to read this because I think this will inspire our creative um, juices just sounds so yeah. wrong when you're talking. I know about it murder. does. Our creative, but our creative genius. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They give a description of her, which I find interesting when I know some of the details of her, because really she was not um, a large woman. Um, so she probably would have been fairly easy to subdue. She was 22 years old. She was five foot six and she was only 118 pounds. So she was very small boned. She had black hair, green eyes. They describe her as very attractive. Interestingly, they note she had bad lower teeth and then her fingernails were chewed to the quick. Hmm. which I find interesting only because if you go with the theory that she was held for a few days before she was killed, my question is what were her fingernails like before? Was she, did she she have a bad habit of chewing her fingernails? I have a bad habit of that. But if she's looking at glam in Hollywood, you'd think she'd have finely manicured hands, especially being a waitress. So it makes you wonder if she chewed her fingernails to the quick in the last two or three days of her life while she's wondering if she's going to live. So question then would be, can you make your te- bottom teeth bad from chewing your fingernails for a short period of time? Because I know you can from chewing your fingernails for a long period of time, but can you do the same thing from a short period of time? I don't know. And they don't explain what they mean by bad lower teeth. Cause part of me yeah. is wondering, like, was she punched in the face or something? Was it, um, were they crooked? <laughs> <laughs> she got, okay. She was last seen on January 9th when she got out of a car at the Biltmore hotel at that time. Oh, this is so glam. I love it. Sorry. And then she's walking to her death. It just, it's, ah, oh, it's like mm, oh, Humphrey, Humphrey oh. Bogart all over this. She was wearing a black suit, no collar on coat probably cardigan style, a white fluffy blouse, black suede high-heeled shoes, nylon stockings, white gloves, the elegance, full-length beige coat, carried a black plastic handbag, 12 by 8 inches, in which she had a black address book. She readily makes friends with both sexes and frequented cocktail bars and night spots. On leaving the car- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm leaving the car. She went into the lobby of the Biltmore and was last seen there. And so she, she was on her way to meet her sister, right? Mm-hmm. Who was visiting from Boston. Did she ever meet her sister? I don't believe she did. It doesn't say anything that I've been able to find that no. the last thing that they asked that. Yeah. It doesn't say anything about having met her sister. The last time she was seen was on the phone. In right. the, the Biltmore Hotel, Biltmore Hotel's lobby. Well, what's interesting though, too, is okay, so she died on January 15th, 
So about nine days later, the um, Los Angeles examiner was sent a suspicious manila envelope. Okay. And this is the one that I think might have some credibility to her case. Cause there was a yeah. lot of stuff that came mm-hmm. through, but this one um, used cutout words from the newspaper that says, here's Dahlia's belongings. Um, and inside was her birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper and an address book. And all of the contents had been cleaned with gasoline which is exactly what had been happened to her body. And Mm -hmm. so the authorities believed it probably was from her killer. The other thing that came out of the autopsy was the way her body was dismembered and so clean. They believed that whoever did it had probably medical experience. Yeah, because the cut was at such a place on her spine that it could make it through the spine mm-hmm. easy, easily. easily, which um, is also, and also that, that her body was drained of blood um, was the right. other thing. Now, of course she could have bled out wherever they had her. So that's still a lot of blood to bleed out. Yeah. Granted, so, if the corpse is severed in half, you probably bleed pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, it's just interesting to me all the way around. Okay. So the only other thing I'll mention is this little detail, and then we can start really, really thinking about it. But in 2003, okay, this is where it gets lots interesting. Lots of years later. Yeah. Lots of years later. In 2003, an LA homicide detective yep. named Steve Hodel, if I'm pronouncing that right, found several pictures of the Black Dahlia. Now, get this. It's so funny to me that he happens to be a homicide detective. And then he finds pictures of Elizabeth Short among papers left by his late father, George, who was a former surgeon. Yes. And on further investigation, I'm reading this off of IMDb, if anybody wants to know. On further investigation, Steve discovered that his father had also been a prime suspect in her murder. And obviously hadn't gone around telling his son about that. And then his son goes to become a homicide detective. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if George Hmm. really was the killer? Um, And you find that out about your dad? Right, right. And it did come to light. This is where Elizabeth Short begins to shed her innocent persona. Okay. It did come to light that he was a surgeon, George Hodel. And he had been carrying on with an affair with her. So they did know each other. And after the police questioned him, he actually moved to the Philippines and he never came back. And he didn't live in the States very often. Right. 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 But now his own son, homicide detective, believes his father was actually a serial killer, dun, 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 who murdered at least a dozen women, including her, and then fled the country because he was tipped off that he was a suspect in her murder by corrupt police with whom he was running an illegal abortion practice. Can we get any more conspiracy? I mean, we haven't even started. You didn't have to, to make stuff up for this. No, no. We're this just is, literally talking This is even made up. No. Right. You're reading the facts. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um. And, you know, really, there's all kinds of funny things, too. Somebody suggested that Orson Welles was the killer, the filmmaker. 
Actually, um, I'm on to that. I, I, I'm not sure how that one I'm goes. traveling Orson Wales. But the, the last detail that to me is perhaps the epitome of the depravity of man is to monopolize on her death. The Biltmore Hotel added a cocktail to its menu that they titled the Black Dahlia. Um, not classy. I'm sorry. No, and, and I, think if, I think if you guys listen to the podcast or do more research on your own about this, you'll find so many horribly corrupt things that human oh, yeah. nature, in, I mean, the newspaper people called the mom and they just strung her on and it was awful to get information from the mom. Uh, they, there was missing, fing- there were fingerprints that had been tampered with that never yep. made it to the police department so that yep. they could be reviewed. Um, they were just, there were lots of really weird things that make you think there was, I think there was meant there was more than one person involved in this, you know, and there might've been one killer, but definitely assisted in a cover-up. Well, and- okay. If she was on her way to meet her sister and her sister never let anybody know she never showed up, I'm wondering if her sister's involved Okay, so here's where your and my roles become concerning because you're getting very devious and my thought just went to a love triangle. <laughs> we are rubbing off on each other. Well, actually, I was thinking of a love triangle too. Because, Her sister, yeah. Yeah, what if, what? okay, so Elizabeth Short, it did come out, was having an affair with George Hodel, who, by the right. way, is not extremely good looking and I really question why. Yes, but whatever. agreed. And then- if she was going to see her sister, what if he had seduced both women? I don't yes. know how long her sister was around. And what if he actually fell in love, like had some sort of psychopathic ability to feel something for the sister, preferred her maybe, and Elizabeth got in the way? Yes, or, or he had felt something for Elizabeth and the sister got angry enough to threaten him and they made a pact to do the deed together. Hmm. But see, here's something that I'm thinking of. Uh, this is the one thing that doesn't line up for me. If you're a surgeon and you take care of a body using knives, then you want to clean the body. Why gasoline? Was that like something that would have been, you could buy in love? quantity i mean doing alcohol would have been really hard to use in large quantity to clean a whole body it would but you'd think he would have access to a lot of different types of chemicals that would be more medically inclined gasoline would be less suspicious that is true that is true if you're getting large quantities large quantities of rubbing alcohol or large quantities of something some Mm -hmm. other disinfectant cleaner thing which I don't know what there would be but if you are I'm sure you know Jamie but if you are (laughs) if you are trying to get larger quantities of that then it would make you maybe look suspicious if people are like why are you needing two gallons of (laughs) that is true that is true um I did I mean where was your sister confession momentarily side note i did just google gasoline cleaning dead bodies yes awesome and what did you find i'm looking so keep talking what about the sister i'm curious i mean 
there's nothing in any of the information I was able to locate. And you have the, the documents up there, so you right. may know better. There's nothing in the information about what happened to the sister. No, nothing about her ever telling anybody she, her sister didn't show up to meet her, which to me seems super odd since her sister's visiting from Boston. So you would think that if you were going to be visiting from that far away and your sister didn't show up to meet you, then somebody's going to say something about that. And she never showed up to meet your sister. Yeah. Right there was the red flag for me that made me wonder, okay, is sister somehow involved? Is she... Uh, is she involved with hold what's his name again hold um george hodel hodel steve uh, george hodel hodel is she involved with him what's even going on with the 25 year old guy who was married that she came back with a few days before you know what happened with him and yeah you know there's so many questions there's so many questions in fact um maybe they're spaniards is george total a Spaniard, which would help us go back to the fact that they can't be trusted because aren't they like alien, uh, extraterrestrials anyway? Did we really just go there? Sorry. <laughs> I feel compelled. We have to bring in the extraterrestrials, but you know, here's an interesting thought. Sorry. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I was Googling and remember how we mentioned serial killer and the, the killer wrote in getting the information and kind of act like the Zodiac killer. Guess what I just found? What? Steve, Mr. Homicide Detective, son of said George Hodel, also believes his father is the Zodiac Killer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what would be really interesting would be to go to medical and, and police re records in the Philippines mm -hmm. to see if there aren't yeah. similar female pieces <laughs> murders um, you know it really would be interesting but the zodiac killer i mean his were not terribly much of a stretch from what he did to the black dahlia and hodel stephen hodel that's the son um says he wanted to follow the evidence um and kind of disprove his father and instead he found a lot of in his words damning evidence um, he thinks Ooh. his dad brutally murdered and mutilated elizabeth short on january 15th and then drove six miles to the vacant lot where short's body was discovered his father had a house called the franklin house um and he thinks that's why he did the murder was because his mother and brothers were gone at the time and so he had the house to himself and but um, also wasn't there a room in a hotel close to the vacant lot that was discovered to have been a blood was everywhere the next morning and they don't know the the guy that checked into the room wasn't the same name they couldn't find the name of the guy they couldn't find the guy who checked into the room yeah there's all Assume kinds of name. there's all kinds of weird details and really when you look at this mystery it gets deeper and deeper and more I would be interested in hearing Stephen Hodel lay out what he believes is the evidence for his father's case because 
there's so much on Google. It's kind of a mishmash. And part of me wonders what is true even versus mm-hmm. what's conspiracy theorists out there that are just mishmashing facts together as to what happened. But there, yeah, there's things like that right. that you hear about. And there's, oh gosh, I mean, I'm just looking through all these records. Regardless, here's, here's my take on it. Here's what I think happened. If I was going to rewrite the Black Dahlia story and put it in a fiction novel, I would say this. She was working at as a waitress. Her sister had come into town. She was off to meet her sister. Um, She got sidetracked um, by a flirtation with a married man that she knew, probably had a few drinks because that's what you do at nightclubs and cocktail bars. And then I think she stopped off at George Hodel's house because she was a little tipsy and it would make sense that you would go to the house of the man that you were having an affair with for assistance to either get home or get a hold of her sister and let her know that she's running late or whatever the story may be. So I think she went and for the most part subjected herself to the danger. The question is in my Mm. brain, did she have any inclination or was she so besotted with this man that she completely missed all the signs? Or, Or was it random? Was it not him at all? Was it not him at all or yes, or was it not him at all? Although it's a whole lot of evidence that makes you think that. And, and the other question, if we're going to go conspiracy here, um, was her sister involved? Was there uh, the lure, was the sister used as the lure? Was the sister used as, was she an accomplice? Was uh, she jealous of her sister's uh, desire to go to Hollywood and live on her own at such a young age? And she was like, no um or had or had elizabeth gone to uh george hodell's house to say you know i met somebody else we've got to end this and well, that's and that when he be. lost it that could be gosh there's just so much in this story that i mean they've made movies they've written fiction novels um we're not yeah. the first people to talk about it no. I, I, I i really want to challenge you because i don't think there's a lot more i can do with her story to make it worse than it already is. So I want to, how would you redeem her story? Ooh, you asking the readers or me? I'm asking you. The the, you're me. the happy kissy face. How would I redeem fuzzy her story? writer? Well, this, I mean, I don't think there's a happy ending to her story just because she's cut in half and left for, you know, wherever. Um, I think, I think the I think this the part that could be made sweet is that George Hodel was truly in love with her and not the guy who killed her oh. and what w- became so obsessed with trying to find her killer that he collected all the all the information he could to try to solve it on his own um, because this he was true. so devastated and maybe that's why that he she, had pictures and such but but see why i think the sister's involved is that even though we have no clue to that at all birth certificate well see yeah how can but was she carrying it right was there a reason and, to be carrying it in your purse in 1947 did she need she it for a form of identification little, she had this little black purse that couldn't have been super huge and all of these things were in it that were high interest things well that little she had some little book that she had names right. in of people right. that she had met 
Um, Can I just had- say, if if I was the killer, I would not have turned those items in, not because I was afraid of being found, but those are like the best souvenirs. Uh, well, I wouldn't know because I have no <laughs> imagination to kill people. Well, that's not true. I do write deaths, but not like you do. And so, um, <laughs> but if you're all for here, I'll try to find you a book that's similar and send it to you for fun. Oh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> But I mean, if I were going to redeem that situation, yeah, I would say he was so distraught that he tried to solve it on his own. Um, it, it, all things point to somebody who was very twisted, who if if any of the notes that were sent were valid from the killer, except, except that first one that had all the identification stuff in it, which feels right. pretty valid. Right. Um this was not a first time murderer. No. Um, you don't do stuff like no, that. It, no, just it wasn't. For a, it was somebody who had, had very meticulously planned what they were going to do and how it was going to happen uh, to still for it still to be such a mystery. And so, right. That would be my, re- that would be my redeeming part. My redeeming part would be that he was so distraught that he, you know, Began, began looking for ways to solve it on his own, even though he was a part of a corrupt police department, friends with the corrupt policemen. Well, yes. and the whole, the whole idea, okay, here's my other question. What if her reason for going to George Hodel, and if he was the killer, let's go with the fact that he's the killer. She was having an affair with him and he was also involved in an illegal underground abortion ring. What if she had gone to him for completely different reasons mm-hmm. or knew about his and was going to oust out him right and all the other corrupt people involved that would be true. a great reason to kill somebody it's true this is true. maybe she discovered it maybe she discovered it between the time last time they saw her maybe her sister had care for an abortion so it would be away from oh. home and no one would notice it right? No one would know she had been pregnant. So she's away from home and her sister had come there and something Elizabeth finds out all stuff or her sister finds out all this stuff and says, oh my goodness, or whatever. Right. You know, and that's, and because she traveled all the way from Boston to California in 1947, that's a long ways to go. Um, and yeah. And why did she? I need to look up more about this sister. I'm getting curious about her myself. I, I, I think we're getting curious about her. The other thing I am going to mention to throw a wrench into all of this <laughs> is another suspect who Ooh. a lot of cops thought was at the very least an accomplice dun, was dun, a man dun. by the name of um, Leslie Dillon. Leslie Dillon. Leslie Dillon. He was a bellhop. He was a writer and he was a mortician's assistant. And he knew a lot of details about Short's murder when blood draining, blood draining. Yep. 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 When the police called him in for questioning, um, he knew a lot of details and he was let go thanks to a dirty cop. Oh. See, that's why I'm still, I am still convinced it was more than one person involved in this. Well, and according to this 
article that I'm looking at, you are not alone. But okay, but it would make sense then if we have corrupt cops, we have uh, uh, illegal abortion, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, what is it called? A legal illegal abortion uh, ring franchise ring, sure. and um, and then we have a former surgeon mm-hmm. or current surgeon at the time we have all these things happening i mean it's perfect it sets up perfectly for it to be more than one person so everything can be covered up so well right that's why it's still a mystery today or we could go back to our original original season one episode one theory time edgar Allan poe time traveled <gasps> we could we could go back to there because i mean he was jack the ripper he might as well be black dahlia's killer I know, right? And popped in. But why her? Why not know. her? I guess. Well, you know, Jane had kind of given him the lurch back in 18. Now, let me just say, though, <laughs> let me just say, though, that, that Jack the Ripper, who was also Edgar Allan Poe, um, only went after prostitutes. And Elizabeth was not one of those. Although but she it, was having an affair. She was. And if he had time hopped and saw her dressed in her little black, black stuff, he might have mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. she was a loose woman. And she acted like one. Remember, we talked about that. She sort of yeah. acted flirty, even though she wasn't known for sleeping around. And even then, though she was dating a married man, both of them were married. Right. Men, it's George so weird to and- me. Like she's marked as an innocent, really. When you read about her, she's really given this innocent persona. And, and for the most part, she kind of is outside of the fact that she was a tease yeah and sleeping with guys who were married was she sleeping with him the married man well george was married was he you said he had a house yeah you know see i'm getting everybody confused now well his brothers lived there george was married and so and so was the guy the last thing that they the last guy she was with um was yep. a married man but it doesn't say i mean they it didn't say they slept together but can i just say she had traveled with him to another city and stayed with him so mm-hmm. there would be questions about whether there was something more physical involved than just yeah. a travel buddy yeah oh my gosh george hodel scored higher on an iq test than albert einstein Okay. Yes. He's the same. I, I mean, he is. He's just, he's gotta be. There is, if you're interested, there's a TNT miniseries called I Am the Night. It stars Chris Pine. I have yet to watch it, but I think it's moving up on my to be watched list. And this is, is it the, creepy. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but it's from TNT. So it's definitely not going to be filtered for, you know, primetime TV. And it does take the twist that we're assuming george was the killer so if you want to watch a movie based off of that theory that would be an interesting one there's um other movies out there that have been made but this one kind of intrigues me um you're right pepper there's not a lot we can do to redeem this story unfortunately as we come to the end of our podcast and so but i found i found a good story to end with okay take us out with joy a good historical fact let's what let's is a good historical, historical fact now, before we go there, mm-hmm. we really are curious how you guys would find redemption in this 
story. We're all for, I'm all for happy endings. Please redeem the story somehow, because it's yes. not one of those that, that is easy to redeem. And so we want to hear from you. Only give good ones. Only do happy endings. Yeah, Unless we just, you really yeah. want to impress Jamie. If you want to impress <laughs> Jamie, go down the dark hole. Okay. But, Can we uh, just put it out there that the killer has done all that needs to be done to quote, impress me, unquote. <laughs> He's, yeah. That that IQ test thing. Ooh, right, ooh. right. Okay. In okay, I'm gonna have to have help here with pronouncing names. One okay. of our listeners shared this story on uh, a private message. Uh, smooches and stabs to tell us this uh-huh. historical fact. Yes, the true Beauty and the Beast story. Uh-huh. Um, there was a boy. Yes, there was a boy named Petrus Gonsalves. And he never wanted to be called a beast, but he had that strange disorder where hair grows all over your body. Oh. Um, he was, yes, he was shipped from his home in Spain to be a court jester in France because of this. So he got France, um, was considered um, a monster. So they made him into a jester so it wouldn't be so bad. Um, people awaited the reputed man of the woods to bare his teeth and reveal his savage side, but that day never came. Gonsalves even uh, even killed temperament persisted, so he was this good guy. So he wasn't beastly in behavior, only in fur coverage. <laughs> Today we know that this man was no beast. He was just a kid who had hypertrichosis, which is a right. disease that results in hair growing all over a person's body. Now, at the time this happened, he, um, let me see, I'm trying to find the part where he meets, um, a, where he meets his love interest and they get married and they have all these kids. Um, uh, well, that's a hairy situation. Yeah. So the, the king of, Sp- the king of Spain, no, he was sent to France, wasn't he? The king of France. Uh, Henry II, King Henry II's wife, Catherine de, how do you say her name, de Medici, Medici? Um, went into matchmaking, Medici, thank you, went into matchmaking mode to find this kid a wife, and so um, she kept uh, Gonsalves' condition a secret, and she would look for a woman for him, and she would say, I'm looking to find a wife for this friend of mine, or this young man of mine, and uh, on a woman whose name was Catherine. It's rumored that at first this arranged marriage was a bitter pill for the young beauty to swallow. Clearly, Catherine hadn't been expecting a nobleman in a hairy wolf's package. Yet in a series of events straight out of Beauty and the Beast, Catherine was eventually won over by the Beast's personality. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened after the wedding in Beauty and the Beast, but we do know what happened to Catherine and Pedro Gonsalves. The pair was married for 40 years and they produced seven children, three of whom were born with hypertrichosis, the same condition of their father. Sadly, Europe's traveling sideshow fever snatched those three children up and sent them as gifts to royal families, a fate that mimicked Gonsalves' own. Um, so the girls, however, were well respected and highly educated. The brothers were ones who have the hypertrichosis. So hmm. they were married for 40 years and it was ended up being a love match after after initial shock wore off. 
Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story. I think it definitely does give some redemption to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A little, a a little bit of fairy tale. Yeah, I needed the fairy tale at the end of that. <laughs> and also, also as a teaser, I think we will be talking about a ghost ship next time, which may bring back the whole controversy of Atlantis mm. from my point yeah. of view. So yeah. I'm thinking well, we'll go on a little lighter. You know, the <laughs> fact of the matter is, you know, we are going to become known by two things, Pepper. You, the connoisseur of Atlantis, and me infatuated with the black dahlia and edgar Allan poe oh yes they should have gotten married oh by the way why by the way listeners you those of you who are listening will be able to see this if you're watching on youtube i have something i'm sending to jamie oh boy just because i love her so much even if she's creepy <laughs> look at that no that is so cool. <laughs> the little magnet. I love it. All these, all Where these did you get those? Offers. I got them off Etsy. That's the best. What the cutest. Look, there's Austin. Oh my and gosh. I don't, I'm thinking of throwing Byron away just because the whole idea of having him with his clothes on and knowing what he was really like makes well, me want to <laughs> throw him away. I mean, keep him as an object lesson of what There's not to do with your life. Oh my Mary gosh. Shelley. I love Shakespeare it. Shakespeare Stoker, Brom Stoker's on here. So this is an advertisement for an Etsy shop then. I know. Great. I, need to, I love it. I, and two I'll more. Ad- share where, I'll share where I got it from. I'll add a link to our website. Oh, to our uh, Facebook Perfect. page so you guys can see it. Perfect. Yeah. Share a link there. <laughs> um, and everybody else who is listening, go out and buy Pepper's latest release, Mistletoe Countess. Um, you're going to want to read it. It's adorable. And everything that I ever traumatized you with today in this story will be erased from your mind because there are some massive kissing going on in this book. And if you massive. need that to forget that Jamie Joe ever brought up the name of the Black Dahlia, you need to get the Mistletoe <laughs> Countess. It's hey, published Mistletoe by- is in the title. You have to expect some kissing going on. Well, I thought maybe one kiss, but 475 it's like yes. nauseating yeah i'm learning i'm learning all sorts of new things about the art of kissing in books Ooh. i might have to work a kiss in one of mine right before they die or something so <laughs> you guys would appreciate this too speaking of the difference between me and jamie and how sometimes i think we're influencing each other and i think good so ways. maybe um we did a text exchange yesterday <laughs> and i told her i was getting ready to go kill somebody <laughs> and she was like awesome i was so proud of you i was i was so proud so i'm next time i next time my husband gets home and i'm going to greet him with a with a welcome home kiss i'm going to text you and say i'm getting about ready to kiss somebody and then and then you can do that i'm gonna kill somebody texts and i'll do that i'm gonna kiss somebody that's just weird i'm done that's that's weird that's just weird (laughs) all right well everybody thank you for joining us with this episode of smooches and stabs with pepper basham and jamie joe wright go out and pick up a copy of mistletoe countess by pepper basham and um dive into the mystery of the black dahlia if you dare
Thank you for joining this episode of Smooches and Stabs with Pepper Basham and Jamie Jo Wright. Find us at facebook.com forward slash smooches and stabs on YouTube and on your favorite podcast player. Thank you.